0: And now for something completely different.
1: Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to Shout Out. I'm Ali Shilton uh, and who
2: there uh, for you? I'm Stephanie Barnett. Hang <laughs> <laughs> <I laughs> on a not. minute. No, I'm on Legend Peregrine. Uh, Yay, yeah, on today's show,
1: we look at uh, two upcoming theatre productions.
2: <laughs> we do, and we chat to the production teams of Jock Knight and Brixton on Relton Road.
1: Oh, oh. Well, mm. oh, that's a different name to what's on the screen. Oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was called Museum of the Home. So, anyway, All that and more <laughs> come in today on Shout Out. Bom, bom. <laughs> I tried
2: to get a bit of tune in there <laughs> I don't know what I'm from Essex <laughs> Fed up with uh, my normal voice, so I give uh, you a radio voice How are you doing Andy?
1: I'm good, how was the holiday?
2: Oh it was alright
1: It was it was yeah. really weird that I was posting photos yeah. of me with my husband at the Leaning therapies of Pisa one week And then the next week you'll do the same And the yeah. difference was we went there on a cruise ship and you drove <laughs>
2: And we're not married Well we are <laughs> Okay. yeah it was um it was amazing and i thought that as well because it's when i posted huge. the port pisa
1: yeah the leaning tower is massive yeah, yeah when i
2: posted that photo and then carl recommended going in we'd already left <laughs> because he said there was great chocolate i think which was such a lovely recommendation oh there's a
1: lovely yeah it's really not known there's like a museum just off to ah. the side of it and you have to pay to the museum but there is actually a little cafe at the top you can go and sit and have like i, I think have. we had chocolate brownie and the like so yeah, yeah.
2: oh lovely. Yeah, yeah if
1: you've never been to pizza well worth a visit yeah it is i um, can highly recommend it and there's a lovely old city just a little bit further down from it called yeah. luca and um, it's really really nice so, and also a disney yeah.
2: film absolutely nothing, nothing
1: to do with shout out and, no. and being lgbt no, it's just but a nice place tell, to go i tell so. you we mm. could we
2: could link it into the lgbtqia plus community because one thing that me and um steph talked quite a lot about was some of our worries um, about being over there and sort of quite noticeably, it's a bit worrying. Queer.
1: In yeah, because it, the Italian prime minister is very yeah. homophobic. Yeah. So, but so.
2: all we had was love and a yeah. lot of it, and genuine connections to people, um, all the staff, baristas, everybody was just lovely. Yeah. So any LGBTQI plus listeners listening who um, are concerned about going to Italy, oh. just don't be. And and be just to remember,
1: our government's as bad.
2: Right now, I would
1: say. Anyway, hello, Terry. Hello.
3: How are you? All right. I'm all right, thank you. Yeah.
1: Seems like less of a delay this week.
3: Well, we'll see how it develops. During the
1: <laughs> I think we got something like seven seconds last week, so when I said goodbye at the end of the show, there was this <laughs> big wait, and the entire went, bye! <laughs> <laughs> last word in. He told
2: me that it isn't a delay, he was just doing it for dramatic effect. Oh, right,
1: oh, OK. Oh, we've taken a leaf out of your book.
2: So.
1: And then, hello, Miss Barnet. Uh, hello. Lovely to have you back to...
4: Yes, two, two and a half thousand miles later. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah. two
2: and a half weeks.
1: So... Do um, it, it, you know it's actually been days. a month since we broadcasted, more than a month since we broadcasted together. Yeah, it has. Um, I was quarantining before we went on the cruise. Just yeah. as well, the amount of COVID that went yeah. around BCFM. Mm. Um, and then we were away for two weeks, and you were away for two weeks. How's it yeah, been we are. for you? So, being it, away it, it from was me. It quiet. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: what Steph says. <laughs> so,
1: but it was, it's not like I got away from you. You've done some of the interviews, so like yeah. we, we'd be doing the show, and Steph's voice would come out. That's and right.
2: You know, yeah, like,
1: Shot God, I, I know. Hung. Can't get away from it.
2: Absolutely, Sorry. absolutely.
1: Anyway, speaking of um, which, um, the th- the first of these two, because we're doing a lot on theatre tonight, aren't we? Yeah. The theatre. Yeah, a so, double
4: a double um, dose.
1: Um, um, London kind of way, I think. Both of them are aren't they? Both of them yeah.
4: are uh, London way. Yeah. Um, there's one about Brixton, and um, about on Railton Road, Of mm. um, 70's squatting. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Yeah. You so, um, very
1: well. <laughs> we'll kick off with the first one, um, which is, um, about, um, a show called Jock Night, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it is. So have a listen to this. Right. Shout
4: out is Back to the Theatre. Right. Shout out is Back to the Theatre. And a great title. I love this one, Jock Night. And it's at the Seven Dials. I'm joined by Sam Goodchard and Levi Payne. Now, first of all, guys, before we get into, um, what you're actually doing now, uh start with you Sam. Um how did you get into theatre? Was that always a passion when you're growing up at school and college?
5: Um, somewhat. Yes. I think I did all the the sort of school productions and as I uh went to the end of my GCSEs, I went to join the army. Um <laughs> and then um, I know I know my brother's in the army and I was just like, oh that seems like quite a stable lifestyle. Um and then I never actually thought of it as like a uh, as acting as a career. And then the army career guy said, no, 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 take a gap year. So then I was just like, fine, I'll do my A-levels. So I was my A-levels. I went to apply again. And then a friend of mine was applying for drama school. She was doing, you know, the sort of big dogs like, um, Raja and drama center and whatnot and, uh, and Bristol. And, um, so then I was just like, Oh, I'll give it a go. And I tried for all the schools and I got into none. And then very last minute I went and did a one year course. That was, it's, it's an advanced diploma in acting. And then, um, yeah, and then I worked professionally for two years and then I went and trained at Drama Centre for three years and then
0: since then just have been working.
4: Excellent. Excellent. Levi?
0: Yeah. Um, similarly, yeah, I don't, I didn't really know. I wanted to do it until uh, we did drama lessons in school. And it's, it's year nine when you pick your options. Yeah. Yeah, it's around year nine. And I just had a good teacher who was like, oh, you 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 know, you enjoy this, don't you? and I was like yeah it's okay because at the time I was football mad I, I wanted to do sports um, you know I wanted to be a footballer when I was <laughs> when I was growing up um, so everything was like set on that but yeah honestly just a good teacher and then from that school productions um, then did it in my A-levels and then yeah just more like the traditional route of applying for universities and uh, I went I ended up going to University of Central Lancashire which in Preston's way up in the northwest uh and yeah then since then similar to sam just been working giving it a go
4: so you didn't fancy the army then
0: no not yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> just checking
3: <laughs>
4: now how did you come up with uh with jock night um what what is that about and how did you come up with that title because obviously it, it is going to mean something to to people immediately
5: so Ad, adam zane who wrote it um I think wrote it in a response to all of the sort of, uh, uh, all the chem sex plays that were coming out quite a few years ago. Um, like five guys chilling effing men and like all, 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 all of those ones. Um, and thought, why is it always so doom and gloom? Why is it always about, you know, <laughs> like, uh, addiction and death and, 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 you know, so he, he, uh, he wrote it in response to that, and then the name Jock Night comes from um, up in Manchester. There's there's a club night called Jock. Um, who's it run by MJ Palmer? MJ, MJ Palmer, yeah, uh, run by MJ Palmer, and it's it happens every month. Um, and each each there's four Jock nights within the two act play, um, and each one is sort of two months apart, and it's it's the before and after that night, um, and, and what sort of happens. But, yeah
4: right could you can you tell us a little bit more about the plot or is, will it spoil it
0: uh we can so it follows the story of uh a guy called ben it's It's set in his flat and it's basically about uh this group of men there's five of them mm-hmm. and they're all interlaced within his storyline uh so you've got friends there, you've got love interests um yeah, and the, you know obviously they're, they're having parties and chemsex is involved and uh, yeah so it, it kind of explores all of their relationships really and you know it's kind of about the the party life nightlife but what happens after the nightlife you know yeah. um so there's topics of like you know there's lots of companionship in this which is which i love uh there's you know there's like loneliness is kind of explored isn't it yeah and um, i
5: think a lot of them in in without without uh being too obvious um i think it's quite uh, it educates quite well it talks about prep and like being undetectable um it touches on like uh, open relationships and and um and like throuples and yeah it um it explores quite a, a wide berth of um of of our community
4: mm. is there um, is there a large cast or is it is it quite small
0: five so Right. So yeah, it is
4: just the five, okay? So you don't get different. visitors ringing on the doorbell.
5: Well, two, two of them are kind of visitors. There's like <laughs> there's like the three who have known each other a while, and the other two sort of can okay. mess things up, Yeah. They're the part.
1: <laughs>
4: Okay. Um. So, um, going forward on from that, because you've obviously got a past in theatre. So, Sam, give us a rundown of what you've been in before, because it's quite cool. amazing.
5: Um. What have I been in before? Uh, so I've done a lot of work at Above the Stag, um, which was, uh, well, I, I, maybe it's sort of reopened. It's reopened and it, te- it takes its shows to venues now. But um, it was a, a, the only gay theatre, solely gay theatre um, in, in London for, for a good, I think, 10, 10 maybe 15 years. Um so I've done quite a, a bit there. I've done a play called Next Lesson, which is about um, Section 28. I uh, did a play called Convert there, um, which is about conversion therapy. I um, uh, did a play called Party there. Um, I've done some stuff at the Southwark before. I mean, it was my first job out of drama school, which was called Therese Racan, which is like the French, um, French novel by uh, Mirzola. It was a stage production of that. Um, I had a very, very small part in Far Away, at the Donmar Warehouse, um, and then I've actually done Jock Night before. We did. We both did ah, it okay. in Manchester. What four, four and a half years ago? Yeah, was mm. it? We finished in May twenty
4: nineteen. Nineteen, yeah, yeah. Okay. And Levi, what? What's your well, past in theatre? Uh,
0: so, predominantly, I kind of started out with theatre stuff in in Bradford with a uh, uh, play. Called when we were brothers with a group called freedom studios which was amazing it was like explored friendship and community and that. i loved it but yeah from that i kind of so i'm from south yorkshire so I can a lot of my tell.
4: the accent sort of gives you away just a tad just a little bit <laughs> yeah.
0: um, so because of that yeah i kind of work in a lot of regional theaters so I'm, i've done a lot of stuff in whole truck theater which is a place that i, I really love and it, it, a nice place where i've worked because I, I did like a um it was like a young actors scheme through them. So it was like a real full circle moment to be doing a doing a bunch of plays with those guys. So um so yeah, so far was, so good.
4: It's for both of you then, it's is in the blood. And obviously yeah. something you replace really yeah. enjoy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've had the blood transfusion, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No turning an hour and it's <laughs> long. <laughs>
5: yeah
4: so after jock night have you got anything else coming up um that you can actually share with us
5: i do not i do not it's um christmas is always uh i always find christmas quite quiet for me um
4: no pantomimes then
5: no i don't usually go out for pantomimes um (laughs) I don't think I can sing well enough. Oh no, I can sing it.
4: Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't do yourself down. Someone might be listening and thinking. No. Yeah, I know, right? That's what
5: I immediately thought.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
5: my agent's like, "What are you doing?"
4: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
5: Uh, yeah. No, I, uh, Christmas is always quite quiet for me, but um, so yeah, I will just see Christmas out with my dog, my husband, and then see my family,
4: <laughs> and, and then prep for next year. Obviously. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Levi. What about you? What have you got planned?
0: Well, again, nothing major set in stone. I've had auditions for stuff, but it's not till January, so mm-hmm. no no Christmas shows. Um, I did my first one last year, and I really enjoyed it. So, but mm. it's hectic, so I, I don't mind having a bit of a chill for Christmas. Yeah. Actually, um, mm. I've got little like corporate jobs and stuff, but um, yeah, nothing exciting really. Till, well, yeah.
4: How um how are you with your lines, both of you? Are you are you good at remembering that, or do you have post it stuck on props?
0: Well. I think with this we got lucky because we've done it before, right? Yeah. So <laughs> so it wasn't as hard as it, as it would be, but um I, I'm just the classic rinse and repeat, just like look at it over and over again and then get up and do it until it sticks. I don't have any secret remedies me, do you? No,
5: I'm I'm quite lucky. I can turn up on day one without trying to learn them. And then probably within a week I'll have them.
4: Wow. Um that's talent in I itself. Think-
5: <laughs> <laughs> I, obviously i do work on them at home and whatnot but i think once if if i blocked the scene i've got up and done it mm-hmm. then then it, it it's in me i think yeah because you have the thoughts that inform inform yeah. them and stuff and um yeah but obviously there are bits that um that Need <laughs> that extra little bit of work, mm-hmm. you know. Get your mouth around some of the, some some lines, you know.
4: Uh, I am absolutely awful at remembering lines. Yeah. Remember, the BBC tried to get me to do something for the local news, and um, I was absolutely useless. It was like fourteen takes. I think they got so fed yeah, up. They- I found the language that the BBC uses a bit odd. It's not how I would normally process or uh, use a, a sentence. And so I get the word right. in the wrong place. Um, uh, take two, take three, take four.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Infinite patience, but oh, uh, yeah. Give me radio any day. <laughs> yeah.
5: I feel like with radio as well, or so uh, voiceover, you can. um. Uh, a lot of the time you can just like clip that last bit off and be like, it's just that last word, you know, yeah. let's try that last word again.
4: Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Audition and audacity are brilliant for editing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> right. So give me times and, and dates of um, of your performances so that people can share and also give us your socials as well so people can follow you.
5: Um, so we open tonight. So uh, our first preview is tonight, which is the ninth of October, and we run until the fourth of November. Okay, um, eight shows a week. Uh, so Monday to Saturday, double show Wednesday, double show Saturday. Mm-hmm. Okay, is that clear?
0: yeah, I think that's it.
5: Yeah, and then my social is at Sam Goodchild.
0: Okay, uh, mine is Levi J Payne.
4: Okay, so uh, what about tickets? The um, is it multiple? ticket providers or is it just once
5: just through the seven dials playhouse um okay. I'm not some today ticks sure. um if you follow hive north um on um on instagram and twitter and stuff and uh seven dials playhouse as well and they're always posting stuff and links to the tickets and stuff but if um okay. yeah if you put in drop night seven dials playhouse or drop night seven dials then it, it will pop up yeah
4: okay sam goodchild levi Payne, break a leg both
5: bless you thank, thank you, you
2: shout out lgbt radio for you the shout
4: out podcast
1: that's next to me by otto nose
2: i like that and lovely otto. name yeah so
1: so nice song too I yeah i really like it so yeah i was heard having heard a before. few
2: uh, few dance moves sessions with myself Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, not that the listeners could see that but I have got like whatever the opposite of dad dancing is non-binary dad dancing (laughs) mad dancing mad yeah yeah Yeah, that sounds about right (laughs) and we've got another good song coming up in a bit have not we
1: Steph
4: looks absolutely horrified (laughs) at (laughs) the moment it's quite a lovely song it comes from the H&H
1: archive from DMC remixes oh
2: Mm. okay Mm. alright then Good to know.
1: For those of you who don't know, H&H stands for... Handbags and High Heels. Yeah, which was... A very sexy show. Started on a Friday
2: (laughs) night on Gloss FM. (laughs) 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 Who was it hosted by? Was it a sexy presenter? Nah.
4: No? (laughs) 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 Only the music was sexy. Ah, okay. Yeah, the presenter, as far as I can remember, had a really broad,
1: Bristolian accent.
2: Oh, right.
1: Anyway, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Talking of sexy, Terry. Hello. Can we have some news? You sure can.
3: is shout out news welcome Pat Arrowsmith, the lesbian peace activist who helped found the Campaign for Nuclear Disarmament, has passed on to the realm of our LGBTQIA plus ancestors at the age of 93. Tributes have been paid to her from across the progressive and left movements. A woman of incredible conscience and a forceful personality, Smith resisted the British state on numerous occasions, unserved time in prison, whereupon she became the first prisoner of conscience in this country to be recognised by Anne Amnesty International, a campaign group she would also later work for. In 1974, Arrowsmith was convicted of offences under Sections 1 and 2 of the Incitement to Disaffection Act 1934 and sentenced to 18 months in prison for handing out leaflets at a British army base urging soldiers to refuse to serve in Northern Ireland. On the 7th of September that year, Ari Smith absconded from Ascombe Grange Open Prison. After walking out from the prison, Arrowsmith spoke at an anti-fascist demonstration in Hyde Park and there she befriended many lesbian being gay attendees. She was eventually re-caught and the furious British establishment threw the proverbial book at her. They never quite forgave her and Ari Smith was subject to petty harassment by the authorities throughout the rest of her campaigning life. Ari Smith was involved in a personal relationship with a fellow peace campaigner, Wendy Butlin, who was also one of the original signatories for the Committee of 100 which founded CND. Ineligible to qualify for her father's inheritance unless she was wed to a man, Ari Smith married the poet, Donald Gardner for one day only before having the marriage annulled. She then donated some of the money to various political causes, including Gay Pride Week 1979. Today, the campaign for nuclear disarmament still exists, and a considerable number of LGBTQIA people are members of it. In a statement, CND added Fearless and with no concern for her own comfort or advancement, Pat was imprisoned a dozen times and twice named a prisoner of conscience by amnesty. Her political commitment went beyond nuclear disarmament into areas that at the time often led to harsh criticism and censure for example she was active in the troops out movement campaigning for british military withdrawal from ireland and was outspoken as part of the lesbian and gay community now lgbtqa election watchers have expressed satisfaction with the result of the rutherglen and hamilton west by-election which took place on the 5th of October following the recall of the former sitting MP. The Labour Party took the Westminster seat from the Scottish National Party with a considerable swing in support. Progressive parties which support LGBT plus civil rights standing in the election included, apart from the SNP and Labour, the Liberal Democrats, Green Party, the Scottish Socialist Party, Trade Union and the Socialist Alliance, Volt and the One Love Party. The performance of anti-gay parties such as the Scottish Family Party and Reform UK was poor. The combined votes of these homophobic and religious extremist parties was under 800. Communications officer of the Peace Pledge Union, the bisexual Christian activist Simon Hill is moving on to pastures new. Simon Hill is leaving his role after seven and a half years on the pacifist PPU staff. He says it's been a real honour to work for the Peace Pledge Union. Many, many thanks to all PPU members and allies and to everyone I have worked with and campaigned alongside. But while I am leaving the PPU staff, I am not leaving the Peace Pledge Union. I look forward to continuing to be an active member. Simon has undertaken much campaign work for LGBTQIA plus communities as well as his role in the peace movement. He once undertook a pilgrimage across the UK to apologise for past church homophobia and he remains an important voice within contemporary progressive Christianity. October the 11th was International Coming Out Day, and not only that, it's also Latin LGBTQ History Month in the United States. The cultural blog at the website of gay and bi men's fashion brand, The Pack, says whilst they've been at the forefront of nearly every queer movement, Latin, Afro-Latin and Indigenous people of colour have long been marginalised, even erased from our history. The website goes on to nominate five of the most important Latin LGBTQIA plus people from the last century, including Activists such as Silvia Rivera and Jose Julio Salia, and artists like Angie Extravaganza. You can find their full list and a potted biography of each hero at thepackunderwear.com. But remember that this being a fashion blog, not all pages on the website are safe for work. The Daily Mirror reports that Will Mbovu, a presenter on the national pop network Capital Radio, has revealed that he made two attempts at suicide before accepting himself fully as a black gay man working in the media. He made his remarks on the eve of Capital Radio's 50th anniversary. Will first came out in 2019, but received homophobic abuse from internet trolls even before his announcement. He says that the journey to self-acceptance took a while, but he now says, living my truth is honestly the best type of free Freedom that I've ever experienced in my whole life. It's the best type of happiness I could have hoped for. And finally, as the season of autumn continues, we approach the very gay and queer festival of Halloween, which is on October the 31st. Yes, it's a time when many gay families like a bit of partying, and friends open their houses for warmth and fun. But the season also has deep spiritual significance too, across many traditions, including ancient American culture, European pagan religions, Roman Catholic Christianity, and the traditions of the Celtic nations, LGBTQ plus pagans in Massachusetts, in America's northeast corner want to say please join us for a public pagan ritual at the university of massachusetts Amherst stone circle in honor of sawane and the turning of the year all pagan and pagan leading people are welcome to join us in the common purpose of honoring our ancestors those who have recently passed and those who have recently been born this ritual is inclusive of all paths traditions backgrounds cultures gender identities abilities etc please consider bringing a photo or two of those who have passed that you would like to honor during the time that we'll spend together. The event takes place on Sunday the 29th of October at 5:30 p.m. Eastern Time. More information is online at the pagan community website wildhunt.org. Well, it's been another busy week for LGBTQIA+ news. Do be sure to keep abreast of what's going on by reading the gay press, listening to podcasts, and tuning into LGBTQ radio services. And make sure you check out our daily updated website at shoutoutradio.lgbt. For shoutout news, this has been Terry Starr.
6: Shoutout news, national and international LGBT news for you. For more information about Shoutout Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shoutout. LGBT Radio for you. The
2: Shoutout
1: Podcast. I can't believe you haven't heard that before. Oh that's, I have, I have now. Oh yeah, by <laughs> Yellow. Es just said to me, oh you missed a W off it I'm like no, that's how they spell yellow
2: Yeah, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I get things wrong sometimes Um, Well I said it off air so that the listeners didn't realise I know, that's
1: why I just repeated it (laughs) And I did
2: mentally challenge myself, I was like, does yellow have a W on the end? Oh wait, yeah, yeah. it's been a long day Not
1: not, not the group No
2: No. And why is it spelt like that?
1: Well, probably so that it could be copyrighted because you couldn't copyright the word yellow with a W, could you? Guess not. With not with E's? No. That was a problem I think Orange had. Remember Orange, telephone company? Oh, yeah,
2: EE, mm. yeah. I still call them Orange. No. But I still call Channel 4 4OD, and it was only recently I realized they're not called that anymore.
1: Well, 4OD was the on-demand on demand service, Yeah. online. Mm.
2: And now there's still the on demand service, but it's yeah. not called 4OD.
1: No, it's called something else. More 4. Four. for? better. So, and didn't ITV decide to go a bit ITV like... adult X. and call it X. Yeah. <laughs> right. yes. yeah. So, and then along came Elon Musk and turned Twitter into X. Yeah. And, oh, look. All the X's, so. <laughs>
2: He's got a lot of them.
1: <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> carrying on our theme of... Um, well, yeah, it is kind of a theme, I suppose. I haven't really yeah. done the music as theatre stuff. Perhaps I should have done so. But our next one is talking about Brixton Railton Road.
2: Hmm? yeah this segment is sponsored by talk to the rainbow councillor visit
3: talktotherainbow.co.uk
4: shout out
2: lgbt radio for you
4: brixton on railton road now this is the first theater production to be staged at hackney's museum of the home and i'm not going to say anything about the first production because i'm joined by ian giles who is artist and director of the Brixton Pounds is now an unusual name. But Ian, before we get into that, let's uh, go back in time to when you were growing up. Is theatre always been in your blood like showing off in front of your mum and dad and putting on, you know, theatre productions for them and then at school always trying to get in the school play?
6: I guess the short answer is yes, very much in terms of um, I think the older I get now I realise that everything is coming kind of 360 back to some kind of essential truth of, yes, I, as a child, I would turn my climbing frame into a temporary stage and pretty much be performing to no one, but think of it as the space. I loved puppets. As a kid, I would make sets for puppet shows and make puppets. Interestingly, I kind of was never that interested in, like, actually making the performance happen but making the scenery making the puppets thinking about the lighting i i had this like flashing light from one of my lego toys that i remember like adapting and making it part of this puppet stage um and then at school like bits of acting i was never front and center um and again made the stage sets for like shakespeare plays at school um and then went to art college went eventually going to do my m.a at the Slade school of fine art in london so yeah my creativity has taken lots of different forms um i my work is mainly shown in art galleries and museums um and this piece this piece of theater kind of really draws together everything i do and have done in terms of there's puppetry in it there's performance in it there's theater in it um and it's about lgbtqi plus people which is kind of predominantly what i
4: make my work about. Now, that's really good, because this is an L- LGBTQ uh, show, so <laughs> so you're pretty relevant. Yet. Is this why we're here? I uh, love it. Uh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> the secret's out. Now, uh, are you a big fan of things like Sooty and Sweep and the Muppets, we Were you always attracted to that type of entertainment format?
6: So in our play, we resurrect this show called Mr. Punch's Nuclear Family and obviously Punch and Judy, the seaside funfair puppet show that many of us know, the kind of terrible tale of a, of a kind of angry dad and uh, often a crying baby and sausages and crocodiles and all those things. But this play that we're resurrecting was made by a group of people called the Brixton Fairies. They were squatters living in Brixton in the 1970s, living on Railton Road um which is the t- where the title of our play comes from i found this play um in the archives um one of the squatters ian townsend who squatted um in brixton his whole archive he is um, is in the bishopsgate archives which is such an amazing resource for lgbtqi plus histories and I came across it in a box one day, this kind of what looked like a felt-tip pen hand-drawn script with stage directions on, and it said Mr. Punch's Nuclear Family. And I started reading it. And it's this kind of very direct, very brilliant and simple and terrible and brilliant um piece of theatre where they take where they've taken Mr. Punch's traditional puppet show and basically put it through a kind of 70s political twist. So Punch kills Judy because she's a feminist and she's found her voice and he can't have a wife who wants to speak up. He kills his son because he's gay and he's taken to court by the policeman and is essentially let off scot-free by the jury because the jury hear why he's done it and they're like oh we totally understand that's fine. At the end of the play, spoiler alert, he is then Punch and all the jury and everyone who supported him is then haunted by the kind of ghosts of Judy and the son, these kind of gay ghosts. So again, that mimics the structure of the seaside um, Punch and Judy. But what obviously it is doing is showing the the pain and the kind of home background that a lot of these gay men came from. Um, It has a really dark undertone. Like it's told their play is this big brash pantomime, but obviously people are being killed and their who they are is being suppressed. Um, so when it was performed by the Brixton Fairies, they performed it as a, pre, a piece of street theater. They would perform these plays really, I guess, as political activism and a way of sharing their grievances with the wider public. Um, they basically just daubed on a bit of face paint. Someone wore a black bin bag to be the police officer. Um, I think some like Judy maybe was someone who already had curly long hair. So their costumes were really minimal and it hasn't been performed since the seventies. It's just sat in this box in the archive. And so finding it, I, I thought it was really amazing. And I thought that it, it said so much about these men that squatted together. Um, and so I thought people do different versions of Shakespeare plays. People do different versions of Tennessee Williams. Plays. Why don't we give this play the same treatment and kind of take the script and make it our own? So I worked with an amazing puppeteer and puppet designer, Oliver James Hymans, and developed this concept that anyone who was in a position of authority should be a puppet. So the judge in the courtroom scene, he is a big puppet head and the jury they are kind of like these nodding um rod puppets and the policeman has these huge extendable arms the kind of long arm of the law joke um, but punch and judy and the son, they are they are not puppets they are people we've made these kind of adaptable noses so the Punch family have these noses on the stick. So it's kind of these quick, taking the spirit of street theatre, it's kind of these quick adaptations to make someone a character in the kind of most economic way. Um, so our puppets, are. there's no hand puppets, there's no City and Sweep. I'm sorry, they're these like wearable um, outfits, which also come from the images we found in the archive of how these LGBTQI plus people protested. Often they'd make amazing, almost RuPaul drag race-esque, um, uh, you know, when it's like the challenge that they have to make stuff out of like stuff from a pet store, it's that vibe. It's that kind of quick drag look. Um, so we've been inspired by that and the, and the color of that. And Mr. Punch's Nuclear Family, this resurrection of this um, script from the 70s is our way of honoring our forebearers who, through their bravery and their activism, have made my life as a gay man easier. I think the bravery of standing on a street corner in the 70s, doing this piece of like ridiculous political theatre, it's impossible to trace. But them doing it and, and, and trying to kind of push the envelope has done so much, I think.
4: Does it take many people then on stage to operate these puppets and do the live action?
6: Yeah, so we have a really big cast. We have um, a cast of eight actors, um, plus an amazing musician, performer, Sophie Crawford, playing the accordion and the dulcimer and these amazing kind of um, tin whistles. So it was really important for me to get that sense of a lot of people. So they're the eight squatters. um, And our play basically divides into two halves. There's almost like a kitchen sink drama that tells the story of the squats. Um, in Brixton. And then there are these scenes from Mr. Punch's nuclear family and they happen one after another, as in you get scene one of our kitchen sink drama and then scene one of Punch, then scene two of the kitchen sink and scene two of Punch. So the two plays run concurrently next to each other. It's kind of like slice up. And by the end, why that's happening kind of